When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. And a curse lifted. Melbourne Premiers in 2021. AFL Nation. These last five rounds have a set of 12 matches that will serve as the swing games in how things shape out. And the first of those comes on Friday night in round 19. Richmond have fumbled their opportunity to climb higher and are in the battle to hold on to eighth. While Fremantle's form on the road hasn't been the problem, it's been dropping games at home, but they're fourth and there's an eagerness to protect that and have a double chance come their return to the finals. It is high stakes. The ramifications for leaving the four points on the table tonight may very well haunt these teams through the remaining weeks of the season. Richmond and Fremantle at Marvel on AFL Nation. Our Coats Hire commentary team tonight, Jared Waitley with you. Anthony Hudson is with me. Hello, hello. Hello, Jared. Good evening, everyone. On a beautiful Friday night in Melbourne, not that we can really experience it here with the roof closed. It... I'm not sure of the temperatures. Well, it almost has been a taste of what we think September is. Two glorious days, probably under false pretenses to a degree, if that's what we're going to expect. I'm sure it's going to go by next week, be back to raining and cold again in Melbourne. But you can't help thinking of what is to come this year. But with these two sides and part of the discussion around what's going to happen with them next year, and I know... know, I get too critical of of the media broadly when we start talking about trades before this season and this premiership's even won. But you do, you are drawn ahead with both these sides. But really looking forward to seeing Fremantle in the flesh. I've seen them a lot and called them a lot off TV. But to see them in the flesh, to see where they are at, as much as Richmond's mindset and whether they believe they can be contenders, not just for the eight, but for something better, given all that's gone on with them. So good of the Tigers to make it across town to to Marvel Stadium. We'll see how many turn up tonight. (laughs) In place, Nathan Jones returns to his regular seat on Friday night footy. Nice to see you, Nathan. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Uh, Sunday session last week wasn't the greatest game as well. Essendon's Suns was all over pretty much at half time. Should have been an absolute throttling in the end, but Essendon uh, just couldn't kick straight. But it's nice. I'm looking forward to tonight. There's a, well, this round in particular, there's a lot at stake. And for both these two teams, one to cement a spot or push for a spot in the top four, and the Tigers to you know, stay in the eight and, uh, and hold their position currently. We've done old bull, old bull. Tonight we're young bull, young bull, because in Jared Healy's chair is Kane Corns. Hello, Kane. Very generous of Protest. you to call me a young bull, uh, Jared. Uh, hello, Hutto. Hello, Jonesy. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I can't wait for tonight. I think there's there's a lot of bit of aggro this week out of Richmond, which is when I think they're at their best. Two games that they have lost that they should have won. Damien Hardwick's whinging, which he has done a lot, which I kind of like. So we'll wait and see with that. Richmond were challenged last week by Sydney um, with their ball movement again. So what did 
Richmond learn and how to challenge one of the better sides this year. Certainly defensively, they were found out. So I think the ramifications and the fallout from the loser tonight, which is often where I go to, where I probably shouldn't. I probably should go to the winner, but that's the natural way that my lens from the media cycle goes anyway. Hutto, as you're <laughs> laughing, will be significant. Like, is it... it Richmond lose, they, they clearly lose... Um, touch with top four and, and therefore premiership and Richmond lose, they, they probably missed the eight and the year is over, really. So that, that's how significant tonight is and I can't wait to see how ferocious both teams are. Yeah, they could still do it with their draw. They could still make it Richmond, but if they're fair income, they win tonight, don't they, here at home? Yeah, so I think... Or at least show that, that, that's, that they're de- close to it that. It depends what you think of them. So there's this idea of what Richmond is, and that's in the expected score ladder where yeah. they're sitting well, we saw it against Geelong, who is now yep. the measuring stick where they should or they shouldn't be. They just lost or, to North Hutter. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we get sucked North. in with Richmond. Yeah. It's not it's not the same, Richmond. And I, I I'm with you. Like if I, I would tip Richmond. So but but it's not as no. obvious as it was a couple of years ago. There's the other factor of their record here, which is poor. They don't like coming here. We know that and Rich and Fremantle will challenge them certainly defensively. So you know, I don't think it's the Richmond of yesteryear. And no, and there's obviously no Dusty and no Lynch. What did you make starters. of that? So there was a very short statement yeah. on the uh, on their website or their their own channel, um, just that he'll be sidelined for the medium term. Maybe who knows with what we've seen at the end of the year, perhaps his last game for the Tigers as well. But they've had a lot of challenges with their soft tissue stuff. Yeah, as that wouldn't have provided any comfort to anyone. Right. So th- I, I'm a bit. There's this idea of ro- what Richmond could be measured against the reality, and I think the Martin part has been that. Yeah, it has. I imagine if he comes back and, and an elimination final with Dusty there, I think that that gets well. That's obviously unlikely oh, from here. Yeah, but I would agree with you. Except the first half against West Coast was only a couple of weeks ago, and they were he was. Yeah, not his very best. He but was sharp that day. He was sharp. Yeah. His ball use, it did give them a different dimension. And they have have been without Lynch. But I, I, I think, you know, Dimmer's line about Richmond killing Richmond is, is, is one of the great lines of the year. But we do have to remember, to your point, that it, it is a different team because their, their bottom end is different to what it was in the past. And their top end's not what it once was. No. Like, Cochin's not the same no. player. Jack's done a fine job this year, but he's not the same player. Edwards is certainly... Not the same player, and Lynch and Martin aren't there. So, so it's sort of oh, Baker short, I'm really. A different view, though. Like, you look at some of the stuff Bolton. here, they're ranked second scores, they're uh, ranked second centre bounce scores, they're ranked number one forward half intercept possession. Like, there's still a lot to like about their game. It still stacks up relative to being strong contest team, strong turnover team. So, I don't know. I'm 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 on the other side of the fence. Yeah, I think, which is why tonight's so good because Richmond don't play here well, and Fremantle do. Two of their mm. best wins this season have been against Essendon and St Kilda here. They did get they got soundly beaten by Carlton, but this is this is a good ground for them, and they're a legit top four team on the course of the season. So I I'm really looking forward to it. This will either be the death throes of Richmond. Or they'll they'll give us they'll give themselves something to build back on, and those two weeks will just look like fumbling it in the last five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and Justin Longmuir, yeah, he's a pretty serious individual. I can imagine he wouldn't have been too happy with last Saturday night. No, well, when you allow that much uncontested footy, I mean, so that, in a half a footy, so it was. I mean, I think John Longmire is coaching as well as anyone. So for for me, 
Chris Scott and, and Longmire are the two best coaches in the game right now. So for him to adjust the halftime and just march the footy up the field like they did, they they were broken broken down. And you haven't been able to say that about Fremantle. So they, look, I've really admired them, particularly what I love about them is their small forwards are ferocious. And the, the, the names that we know that aren't household names, but they just go out there and they play a selfless brand of footy and they make it really difficult for the opposition, but they haven't had the influence. They've got their own challenges in their forward line. I mean, are you going to rely on Lobb and Tabiner in a big final? Like, would you go in prelim final weekend, they're your two key targets in the forward line and go, I've got trust in them? Probably, I don't. Yeah, well, that, that's my concern. But I think the, the way they play, the way they're structured, I think the, their foundations are terrific, but... Then you look at that, and um, there is some there's some worry there for sure. And I, I think Lobb this year has been mostly a different player, but he's definitely enhanced his reputation. Yeah. But the last couple of weeks has been a bit of the stuff, yeah. and then there's the talk of what's happening. I'm not sure his manager has managed that very well at all, Colin Young, and he, um, so that that's an issue across their team really, and they're not the only team. Luke Jackson a bit of a distraction, and then there's Fife. Like he's a bit of an elephant in the room. So I did the St Kilda game. And he was awful for a half. Like, he, he's, he was unsure of himself with his hands. He looked like he was really struggling to get from contest to contest. Even the goal he kicked early was from a shank kick up the field that he hadn't read that well. So his level of um, conditioning isn't to where it needs to be. And he had one kick last week. And he's a big nut. So it's a bit... Elephant in the room is, a, is the right term for it because... He's a two-time Brownlow medalist, but he's not playing like one. So they're having to find a way for him. So, there's, I mean, there's challenges across the board for both teams. That point about um, the Rory Lobb situation is playing out right across the board, across the competition. Many teams, isn't it? There's so many players, right? And uh, obviously it happens every year, but in certain teams at certain times, there's players now that it just, that has to be a massive distraction for them, doesn't it? uh, For teams as well as individuals, like I look at Collingwood, Jonesy, like they're flying, but they've got Dugowie, who's, he could be their best player, but he's, he's not, has played an ordinary one game since he went to Bali. And what are they going to do with him? Is he VFL or is he straight back in? And then you've got Grundy who's not playing and then this talk he's going to miss, but he's, it was the number one ruck in the game two years ago. And they're paying him and they've won eight, <laughs> they, But they've won eight in a row. Like, Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a good dilemma to so, have, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, I, I think the, it's, it's an interesting one. The, the Freo one for mine, like I, I looked at the list of players potentially that leave if Jackson comes and you just wonder like... Is that the right move that continues them on that progression, or, or you know, does that you know, crack the harmony that they've been able to create this year and the and the build? And you know, then I look at the on the flip side, you know, how do Melbourne make up that loss? And I think they probably just go back to the whatever they get out of that and reinvest. And I think they're able to continue to grow. But yeah, you worry for Frio to make that bigger investment because if you're looking for the power forward, I'm not sure. Sell me on Luke. Sell, I'm, 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 I'm not sure Jacko, uh, Luke Jackson is the answer for that because from what I've seen, his best footy has been played when he plays in the ruck. Yeah. And they've already got what, Darcy and, 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 Meek. and Meek and like they've already fully stocked there. So it's a, it's a huge call. I don't want to hijack your, your rundown and your order here, Jerry, but sell me on Luke Jackson because I'm a doubter. I'm a, I'm, a <laughs> Luke, doubter. I'm a Luke Jackson doubter. Sell, sell me on him. Uh, only at the price? Yeah, like yeah. I, I like I like him as a player, yeah. but not for seven years. I just need a little bit more. He, he didn't have a kick in the game against Adelaide in the second half. I watched him last week against Port Adelaide. I agree with you, he's better in the, in the ruck, but what do you do with Sean Darcy? Or do you trade Exactly. So sell me on him because I'm a, well, I'm I'm a not, I, I can't sell you on the price because I don't necessarily... 
agree either. What is he, 2021 almost? Uh, What's his ceiling? Where, oh, where, I think he's where cap- can he get to? I think he's capable of – he could be – he could be anything, really. Like as far as I, I think he's proven that with the, with some of the games he's played. But you're going to get the inconsistencies as you do with you know his lack of experience and maturity. It, but you'd hope that you know as he progresses in a strong culture that that becomes more and more consistent. But yeah. you know, how does that dynamic change if you are the big fish being paid the big money? There's a whole level of expectation. Whereas at the minute he plays plays under Gorney, he plays sort of third tall. He has like a bit of a license to roam, and he's got a chance to develop. You know, I, I'd, I'd, you know, if I'm him, I'm thinking long and hard about that call. Yeah, and he's not going to come in against the second ruckman, who's a bit tired, and spend you know twenty or sorry, sort of five minutes a quarter in the ruck, and then sort of roam around. Anyway, I, I like his talent. I'm just not. I just haven't seen him deliver to that level yet. Mm. It's interesting at this stage of Fremantle's rebuild to bring in. Mm-hmm notionally the highest paid player at the club. Like, mm. I, I think that's, I think that skips a few steps. Yeah. Well, that's, that's essentially what I'm raising. But, it, a, but it may be, they must feel it's their chance. It's, it's their one the, and only yeah. chance to get yeah. it. They have to blast out at top dollar. Yeah. And when they made the decision to go hard for him, it doesn't mean you can't review it, but they probably didn't know they were going to have the season that they've had either, did they? They may be not, not expecting them to quite be at this yeah. level. Is it unpre- it's not Tom Boyd is probably yeah. the closest situation to that. Um, and you know, some would say that worked. Would you say that worked, Hutto? <laughs> it's know. a complicated I'm, answer, yeah. and it did because he helped win them the flag. Oh, and absolutely. And they hadn't won one for yeah. you know, whatever how many years it was. So it worked. But then, you know. Yeah, there's not many other examples of even a trade like that, let alone one that has worked. So, anyway, fascinating trade period. It's going to be really busy, which is exciting. Yeah, I don't think Tom's view is that it works. No, no, I don't think so. From a selfish Bulldogs point of view, it yep. helped him win a flag, but it's where it's left him. And it would be, be a wise case for Luke Jackson to think about, wouldn't mm. it, really? You can get to that dollar too quickly. Yeah, and then, and then you've got, and it's probably more for discussion later if we mm. talk some more trades, but you've got McStay. Like, you've got contenders for the flag with these issues running around in the background. And then you've got the Giants trying to finish off a year with three or four players who are probably thinking about next year. Yeah, and then you've got teams that aren't good enough, but they're so... Carl Amon's going to sign at Hawthorne. Like, he's going going there. Is that the right move for them? Is that skipping a couple of steps? I'm not sure because you need those players that are that age to help with the youngsters, and it can't all be young, as we found out at North Melbourne. But big money for a... You know, an outside wingman that's been a good, solid contributor, but Port Adelaide won't lose too much sleep over that and potentially getting a first-round compensation. So everyone's in it. Last year was a bit of a snooze fest, but, yeah, this year is, is going to be fascinating. You're a bit bitter about that, I think, from all yeah, those hours. Well, <laughs> when you've got to talk for 13 days but and not much calls. is happening. I mean, they are the big calls, aren't they, for the clubs that can be pivotal as to whether they have that success or not. And there seems like there's going to be more of a sense of adventure and maybe from here on. I feel like we've been teetering on the edge of what the trade period is going to evolve into. And some of the restrictions play a role in that. I think we're going to crash through a couple of barriers. How was your day today, Jared? It was interesting. So Mm. I did a function with Alistair Clarkson today at, at Melbourne United. It was about building championship culture. And he spoke about what he's been doing. So he's just back from Europe. He was at the British Open and then he went and spent some time with Ange Postacoglu at Celtic to add to the four months that he'd had around the Golden State Warriors. And he's such a a philosopher around sport and life and what he observed in the States. And he 
he condensed it to money and greed breaks down culture. And that's what he sees in the States and that's what he fears might come here to tie into the conversation we've just had. Money and greed kills so wh- culture. So where does the 1.6 report fit into that? Yeah. So how explicit do you want me to be? Or how explicit can you be? Quote, bullshit, unquote. That'll do. So that was, that's Alistair Clarkson's reaction to what's in the public domain about $1.6 million to join North Melbourne. He's had a, an embryonic discussion with the Giants. He hasn't had any contact from North Melbourne. Uh, he, I think it's fair to interpret that he resents the assumptions that are being made around him. And he was really clear that it's not his... He's not picking the club. It can't work like that. He will challenge the club to pick him if they get to that stage. But he believes, and he had said it previously, in alignment. And he specifically mentioned the president and the chief executive. And the club has to believe in him and he has to believe in the club. It's just not as simple as as a check and a phone call and mm. in you go. Not afraid to build success. So absolutely push back against the idea that, uh, that he'll only go to a successful team. No, he's totally happy to build success. He wants to come back to it to ultimately win premierships but he has no qualms about building that success and if that takes years then he's up for that and the fire to coach is there but only if the circumstances is right so he he loves the work he's doing with Tasmania and could easily see that through he said he had a couple of other projects including one in education that he's passionate about so he'll only come back to coaching next year if he finds the right fit from club to him and from him to the club otherwise he'll He'll wait and he'll busy himself um, with with some of the projects that he's got on the go. It's a fair bit in that. Mm. Did you did you leave thinking he would coach next year? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just... So how many clubs are, fit the mould though? Because when you're hiring a new club, you're a, you're a mess. Like North are a mess. So it's going to be unusual for him to walk into a club that has all the pillars of what he sees to be a successful club. Yeah. It's not going to happen because usually when you fire your coach, you fire them for a reason. So does he want those to come with him? Does he want to handpick a CEO? And does, do you know no, what I'm that, saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. No, that didn't fit in with. I didn't think that fitted in with his philosophy of building a championship culture. Is that? And as I say, that that point around the club will pick him. He won't pick the club, and he will challenge the club not to. I'm not picking you. Is this has to be the other way around? So I thought that was a, it was a really interesting way to frame it from his perspective. So my view with North Melbourne is hasn't changed. Is The piece of work that Jeff Walsh has just finished is the most important piece of work undertaken at North Melbourne since they voted not to go to the Gold Coast. Mm. Now, you had the president in the studio this morning. We aren't any of the wise rather than it's there and it's what happens next that yeah, I was, shape that football. I was part. uninspired by... Um, I Look, firstly... I, I, I appreciate Sonia coming in and spending 15 minutes with us. She was lovely. It's the first time that I have met her, but I was uninspired. I wanted to, if I was a North Melbourne fan, I wanted more. I wanted, have you spoken to Clarkson? Yes, absolutely. We've spoken. The, the minute David Noble had left the club, we picked up the phone and we canvassed Alistair Clarkson. The answer was no, we haven't. Well, why not? What, what, and to Clark, it's like, I, I wasn't sure whether she was just telling us that, but to hear that, Clarkson has had no contact from all that. It's, that stuns but you, me. you want to put, but it moves ducks, so quickly. Would it, you not? Yeah, you've got to work at the right. And, and there probably are. There probably is times when you've got to 
got to get on the phone straight away. But there's other times when you, you want to work through something yeah. methodically, don't you? As well, Doesn't you want to put mean you're offering him the job. No. But you've, like, a week in football is a long time. Yeah. So to not have, do you, do you, would you have expected, if you didn't know the answer, that they would have sounded out Alistair Clarkson by now? Yeah, potentially. But I'm not going to hang them on the fact that they okay. haven't yet. They might do it on Monday, or they, they might have a timeline that's quite Would reasonable. you have expected the president to have read the report, which he has by now? This yeah. was So this was Wednesday, I think Wednesday night, or yeah, Wednesday I, or Thursday night? I would suspect night. that she's read the report and not told to, her. to a degree that she knows what's in it, but not where she has gone through everything tooth and nail and underlined everything. And Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I would think. Okay. Yeah, I, I, was just a, I was just a little bit... Uninspired. I think it was a difficult interview, and I, it happened because she was meant to be on a week before. Is that right? And then she came on. She, uh, well, Kingy had dealt with her, and I think she had committed to coming on last week, and for circumstances which I'm not aware of, it happens all the time, she she withdrew from that. Yep. But now the, the topical news is that rep, the report is finished. Yeah, yeah. The review is finished. And yeah, so ideally, the if you're speaking publicly, you, you are in a I, position to... I would have to... thought you would have been able to give the North Melbourne yep. fans something, rather than... It was essentially a no-comment in, interview for the whole time. Now, you know... As I said, that's up to North on the way to handle that. But I just would have loved a little bit more inspiration yep. or positivity or a way forward if I was a North fan um, listening to that. Yeah, I think they got the positivity last Saturday. And if they could get it's really the whole question which you, you talked about, about is their list. Mm. Yeah, you know, on one hand, they're saying their list is good. On the other hand, they're going to the AFL looking for for um, for handouts is, is a real interesting thing for them to. Yeah, I think she was. Re- I think she reasonably answered that. Yep. That you know you, you don't want to talk down the list, and if she's going to be criticised for anything, she'd rather be criticised for talking up the list. So she was happy to answer that question. But I was just just a bit staggered that there just wasn't a bit. So do they go for Clark? In, in your mind, do they just go for Clark? Well, no now matter that what. I know it's not one six, like because one six takes up a lot, um, and I. Um, it's it's nice to hear that because I think you know I was I was surprised to see that Alistair Clarkson would be asking for that because it just doesn't leave you with anything else. And yes, they need a coach, but yep, they also need a couple of recruiters and a list manager. I'm sure they need to address their assistant coaches and their fitness staff and their masseuses and their dietists. It's not a lot of money to go around for a lot of people. So if you're giving a coach 1.6, it doesn't extend very far to the rest. Um, and if he wants, if if Clarko is saying greed can ruin football clubs, then that's the best way to do it is give the coach too much money. But what I think Clarkson does, Jones, and correct me if I'm wrong, all, all of a sudden you may be able to get a good assistant coach. Who can, I want to go with Clark. I want to team up with him. Horn Francis might go, oh, Alistair Clarkson, uh, I'm going to really think about signing. Um, the young Ashcroft kid a halo effect, might say, well, I'm just going to go first pick in the draft because Clarkson's there rather than go father son. So there's all that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden you've got seven good players to build around and you go from there the sponsors come the fans come that's why I would think Clarkson is the guy for North Uh, from my experience I totally agree there is absolutely that sort of halo effect Uh, in essence Melbourne did a similar sort of thing with Ruzi like when you're in absolute dire straits and no matter what move you make there you need an element of you know someone's reputation and respect to shield some of that while behind the scenes you're going on just trying to get the foundations in place and um, you know you don't want to overpay him but I think there has to be it has to be methodical and strategic in terms of planning they need it's not just the coach it's as you mentioned it's every single other person around that that makes it function that they have to get every piece right or else they'll just be back here in 12 months time two years time 
with the same issues. And, and Melbourne went through it, what, two or three times over a 10-year period. We, we think it's right. Oh, we'll just change the coach. Not much else changes. You need all of these people on the same page from the top down, president, CEO, coach, assistants, everyone else that works underneath them. So then that filters into the playing group and, and then you commit to that path and that journey and, um, and you don't sort of step outside it. And then eventually it builds and you've got to tinker with it and assess it and change it, you know, little things along the way. But essentially the ultimate goal is everyone's on the same page. Um, and I think that's what North's got to do. Yeah, so those recommendations that will shape the football side of the business, and I suspect a bit broader than that, mm. is the implementation of those becomes absolutely critical. Yeah, so there was a, 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 just a round figure. It was about 15 recommendations was the, mm. was the figure that she gave us when, when pressed a couple of times on that. In, in a word, would you rather coach the Kangaroos or the Giants? The Giants, oh. yeah, without any hesitation, yeah. yeah. Why? Their list. I've got no faith in North Melbourne's list. Um, and you're only as good, any coach is only as good as their list. I just think there's many more pillars in place at the Giants than what there is at North, and they're probably a bit sta- more stable off the field as well. Kane Corns alongside Nathan Jones this evening. We're going to head inside both camps, Fremantle and Richmond. Bob Murphy's going to join us <laughs> next. We're letting and him Ad- back on, are we? Yes, and Adam Kingsley, who's one of the highly rated uh, assistant coaches around the competition and is bound to be involved in a process or two as jobs become available. So both will join us, Richmond and Fremantle tonight. We've been told that Ben Brown is out of the Demons team tomorrow night with knee soreness and Sam Wiedemann has come in to take his place. Our AFL Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles, $25,000 advertising giveaway. Icanwin.com.au Richmond and Fremantle Friday night footy on AFL Nation. We are in the Coates Hire commentary box. Coates, we're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Jared Waitley, Anthony Hudson, Nathan Jones and Kane Corns. And what a delight this is when our text message came through this afternoon. We're catching up with an old friend who is the head of football operations and performance, Bob Murphy. Bob, welcome back to AFL Nation. Gentlemen, it's so nice to be with you. I, uh, I can't wait to talk about all things football, but... I hope we can keep it pretty light and loose. You're not going to go too hard on me with the tactics and the X's and O's, are we? This is, a, this is more of a reunion of old mates, surely. Oh, Come so on. We, so we shouldn't start with $1.2 million for Luke Jackson. Is the, are you the architect of this? We well, shouldn't start there? I, I can neither confirm nor deny of my heavy involvement in that in prospective uh, deal. But he's a, you know I'm a big fan of Luke Jackson. Yeah, but no, yes. I'm, I'm sort of paddling into um, waters a bit out of my depth on that one, Jared. How are you? How are you? enjoying your time back in footy yeah i'm loving it jared um i was just chatting with benny line here down on the boundary line and um someone did tell me that um when i took on the the new role that um starting any new job is a bit like starting a sitcom but but from season seven it just (laughs) takes you a little while to sort of pick up the language and uh and the jokes but it's uh, honestly it's um yeah the magnetism of, of footy you got me? Yo. Yeah, just a little in and out, but go on, the magnetism of footy. So the magnetism of footy and, the, you know, th- that camaraderie and, and sense of belonging and, and being part of a being part of a footy gang, it's been nice to be in the purple this year. You've forgotten how to use a microphone, Bob. Great, <laughs> great to talk to you, mate. Well, can I ask you a dumb question? Um, what actually is your job? <laughs> well, 
Well, Anthony, I mean, I could ask you the same thing because I, I don't appreciate the tone for, for one. <laughs> but it, 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 in the job title itself, it's quite broad. Now, if you think about a footy club, and you guys know enough about footy clubs, head of operations and performance, that, that pretty much covers everything. So I, I either do a little bit of everything or a lot of nothing. So... So have you uh, taken the George Costanza approach and just <laughs> looked angry every day? It, well, so, gee, he's busy. Yeah, I, well, the briefcase, the Penske file is there. But no, it's, it has been a, um, a, a great experience of getting across, you know, such a, uh, a broad range of, of areas within the footy club. But I, I think as time goes, it'll probably start to lean more into the people and culture and that sort of thing. And whilst also having heavy in involvement with the AFLW, which I love. I've spoken to you before about your experiences sitting in commentary boxes, Bob. Uh, sorry, coaches boxes. <laughs> Have you ventured into there? Where do you sit for game day? Uh, it's a bit of a, an evolving beast, Kane. I, I'm actually in the coaches box tonight. So if you Ooh. see... If you see the flying V of the mighty ducks at any stage, you'll know that I've had you know that I've had a heavy influence tonight. But no, most of the time I'm, I'm down on the bench. But it's a bit of a, a bit of a sort of revolving door of, of different roles from week to week. And what about last week's game? Like if you if you were in the box, I'm not sure where you sat or if whether you went to you know the post match debrief yep. and and how they were able to break you down, particularly in the second half. 138 marks yeah. is extraordinary for the opposition. How did you review that performance? Yeah, it was a clear change, and and you know, all credit to, to Sydney the way they the, the way they adjusted their style in the second half. And I mean, I, I've always said, and, and Kane, you would have lived through this, and and, and Nathan as well of. Off the ball, you know, the Swans or the Bloods, they are the hardest working team across, you know, the last 15, 20 years. And, and they really did outwork us in that second half and they broke, you know, and they made space for, for each other and they were able just to clock up uncontested marks and pick holes in our defence, which has really stood up incredibly well all year. So you'd think, you know, other clubs will have a look at that. So the challenge is for us to, to get the game back on our terms. But, yeah, we, we were outworked last week for sure. Richmond tonight, Bob, no Dusty or Lynch. What's the biggest danger for you boys against them? Uh, I, think the, uh, I think the biggest danger for us, Jonesy, is the fact that um, a wounded tiger, they are, that they are pretty tigerish and they are, you know, they are the champs. I don't, you know, Melbourne are the reigning premiers, but I, but I think um, you know, for this era the Tigers have been the champs. They know who they are. They've, they've established, you know, the, you know, they've almost clocked football over the last half a dozen years and we're still sort of you know we're still discovering exactly who we are but we're hungry um, and it's a you know for a neutral I mean our Frio supporters are you know they're beside themselves about you know with excitement of Friday night footy and the Tigers they're used to it but they'll be up for it but I think as a neutral this is this is kind of everything you want in a Friday night game. All right who's impressed you the most from outside you didn't uh, respect them enough just from watching from afar but now that you're there which player has surprised you? Uh, I'm not sure if it's a surprise, but I, I think um, just watching up close, Brennan Cox is he's having one of those seasons that you know at the end of the year I imagine he'll be he'll be talked about in all Australian squads. Um, he's he's versatile. He could almost play anywhere on the ground. We use him down back, and he just makes the difficult um, look quite easy at times. And you know he just has a he has a, has a real class to him. But but honestly, I could. I could go through the list. They're a, they're a great bunch of lads, and they love their footy club. And so far this season, we've we've played pretty well, but we are we are bruised from last week. Are you 
have you better down how you want to use Nat Fife? I was here for the St Kilda game and first half was forward, then you injected him on ball when you needed him. Last week he had no influence. Where do you think the balance is with Fife? Uh, I, I don't think it's probably found its final um, resting place, if that's the right phrase, Kane. So he's been forward and he mixes it up in the stoppages. He's such a beast, you know, in that in the middle of the ground and around the chaos. Um, he's had, what, three or four games back, so he'll play majority forward, but I expect him as we go in the next month to, to insert himself more in the, in the midfield. And what have you found in Justin as a coach that, um, that you probably just didn't know about from the outside? Oh, he, the people in football who can keep a, an emotional level uh, even keel uh, are worth their weight in gold, and Justin's as, as highly um, intellectual in terms of football knowledge as anyone as I've ever met, but I think it's his his ability to keep an even emotional keel whilst also having passion at the right moments. And, and you've seen you've seen the way the, the boys have played this year. They play with a lot of heart and a lot of vigour on the field. But uh, he's a, he's a, he keeps a steady hand in a crisis, Justin, that's for sure. And you've obviously been involved with AFLW. You've been a, a commentator. But how much has the game changed just in the time that you're hands-on out of the game to, to when you went back into it? Um, much? I'm not sure if it's changed that much. I, I think just that the intensity more broadly has 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 gone up a few cogs, and and I th- I think uh, without being too cheeky, the two team town um, situation over there has been has been a new experience, and I'm living right in the in the heart of South Fremantle, and uh, the neighbours after a win, they're they're very much up for a chat over the front fence and a coffee. Not so much after a loss. <laughs> a, bit, a, bit fr- a bit frosty after a loss. So, yeah, there's plenty of loaded questions over there around West Coast and Fremantle and what side of the river you live, all those sort of things. But, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoy it. So what's the, what's the spiritual, what's the characteristic of Fremantle as you've come to learn it across the, the nine months or so? I, I, I think I'm still learning it, Jared, and, and will take a, a long, long time uh, to learn it. But in... I thought you might ask a question like this. I did put a bit of thought into it. It is almost a, um, a metaphor for, for Australia. It's called kind of Australia's team. Of, in one sense, Fremantle's very new. Um, in, you know, in the, in the AFL since 1994, 95. But, but in another sense, it's, it's a club with a deep and rich history that goes a long way back. And it's a history that I didn't, didn't fully appreciate until I, until I got over there, you know, with East and South Fremantle and... And really, probably the thing that stands out most for me is is its connection to its 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 geography. It's you know the Dockers um, and the purple in the in the streets of Fremantle, which I now live. It's 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 palpable. The, the passion is uh, is very localised, and, and that's something really quite endearing. I love the dialect. So it's east and south Fremantle, but it's Fremantle. Which, so that's how I've always tro- understood it. And as far as I can tell, you've just articulated it. Well, well, Jared, I'm having enough trouble as it is over there. When I found out that they call a, a gum nut a honky nut, I knew I was in trouble. So there's <laughs> language is something that I'm sort of um, bumbling my way through as I go east to west most weeks. Terrific. Bob, great to, uh, great to have a chat. Good luck with your endeavours and, and good luck with Frio from here. Thanks, boys. Great to chat. Bob Murphy, who is the Head of Football Operations and Performance with...
Friday night footy on AFL Nation. It's Richmond and Fremantle. A handful of players from either team warming up at the moment on Marvel Stadium. We're an hour out from the opening siren. Jared Waitley, Anthony Hudson, Nathan Jones and Kane Corns with you. What... I have an ounce of trepidation around the way the weekend is going to unfold, around the, the high tackle oh, clampdown. There won't be any. And how it's, uh, how it's going to present itself. So as one of the forerunners, Kane, in, uh, this is at least the third rule you've had adjusted <laughs> during the season, and I see you are starting to broaden your shoulders and yeah. go a little bit further. Was there a petition for this one or not, Jared? I was what, just checking. What do you hope the weekend looks like? Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad they have said something about it because there's nothing worse than they've decided to change the way that it's been interpreted and not tell anyone like they, that that makes us all fools because we're watching fans are watching going oh hang on that was paid last week and now it's not paid but no one's told us that they're changing it so that, that was my big frustration behind it i think the way that they've explained it is is right and that the problem is that's the way that it should have been adjudicated from round one they've been lapsed in it for 16 weeks and now they're changing it so that's the issue um, I hope it is umpired the way that Gil explained it on your show. If, if you are the one that causes a tackle to go high, it will be play on. I'd like them to go further. I'd like to take them that as your prior opportunity and it be holding the ball. Now, that won't happen. It should. But if you take the ball, you raise your arm or you duck into a tackle, surely that's prior. So I would like it to go one step further later on. But I think it'll be umpired better. They'll still get a few wrong. Um, your explanation about the Cozzy Pickett one is spot on because that, that did look violent on when you're watching fast play, but then you look at it again and know he definitely lifted his arm before the contact was even made. So I just hope there's a, a bit more let it go. Let it go. So for everyone, not just for one or two players that have a reputation. And then if it is let go, the, the theory is that players will then modify their behaviour and stop doing it to the degree The only reason they're doing it is because others have been rewarded for that behaviour. If, if you don't reward the behaviour, then it stops. Do you think... So I, I heard you talk about the shoey one in the final, and I went back and just, just to set us, satisfy my own curiosity. That night... Did I remember there, it correctly? Yeah, there were two umpires at 45 degrees, and they both paid high in the same moment, which goes to the point, I think, that I'm not sure whether they, were, they have been outright lax. I just think it is, it is so difficult to pay, to not pay in real time mm. when... So the Shuey one has to be a free kick if you go back and watch it. I don't think I don't think Even this ruling tonight? changes that yet. The manner of the tackle is just is no good, um, regardless of Shuey's action. And that two umpires from forty five degrees both pay the same free kick at the same time. I think tells you that one of them is going to pay it no matter what mm. in real time. And this the problem with the picket one is it, it, that every umpire will pay that every time. Because Jonas wears responsibility in that. He comes in in such a manner that it takes... Uh, the attention is not on Pickett. It's on Jonas. Who, I think he's going to get him high no matter what. Um, and then I felt for poor old Blank. Is I get the idea of the player ducking and leading with his head. And I think we all are in court. That's not what Blank did. I think Blank ended up taking evasive action because he was about to get hit in the face. So you sound more confused than, I think, than you were. I think it will be chaotic. Dude. I think what we will see is a spate of players get hit high and umpires will second-guess themselves and not pay it. Yeah, I, I don't think we will. I, I think it'll be okay. 
Because I think it's been, it has been something specifically done by certain players. There's, it has. Yeah. I mean, we, and we were starting to see, Scott Penderby did it a couple of times. We were starting to see it spread just very slowly. But it's easy to identify who the players mm. who have been doing it. Not all identical. I mean, it goes back to, to Joel, different again, Joel Selwood and then Luke Shuey, Paul Puopolo. Yeah. You, know, you can go through. Yeah, there's only a handful. Yeah. And it has but been good so- enough to do it. I'm on the other side of the fence, 100%. I think they're just exploiting how poor we are at tackling. Um, <clears throat> I don't have an issue with it. I think we need to get better at tackling. And if, you, if you're coming in anywhere near the shoulder and you're able to draw a free kick... I think you pay the free kick. You've got to be better at it. And uh, I think it's a skill to be able to execute it the way that some guys... Uh... But if you tackle someone, and, and, you, and you're right, I mean, Luke Shuey talked about it in an interview. He talked about where he got it from, from watching NFL. And he talked about how some, some players could, could tackle him and some couldn't. But do we want that? You, you think that's how it should be, that if you're good enough to flick the, I, I hate flick it. the arm like, up? I, when I was playing, I hated it. So why, why do you have that view then? Because I just think you should you you need to be able to execute the tackle better. Like the onus is on the player that tackles, I think. Um, and as much as I hated it because I was frustrated with myself that I couldn't have done a better job, good on him for doing for being able to ex- exploit my inability to be able to ping him legally. I I, I think it's uh, so. Why didn't more players do it then? Well, because it's a skill. You need to be. Uh, you need to practice it and be good at it. So why, why didn't everyone practice it? And well, why didn't you start doing it? I did try and do it and a few no times. Some I got paid, others I didn't. Um, yeah, that's just where I sit on it. I think the the Ginevan ones are so because a lot of them result in goals. Yeah, no doubt. That's so why that, it's so, so emotive. That's why. That, you, so, Jared, you ask why it's so emotive. Yeah, but that's why. But but it's four instances across the weekend. But it's, I reckon there. if Jared Healy was here, he would say there are 120 pushes in the backs, but there's four of the yeah. goals. Yeah. And, so we've, and we've jumped at a rule change. That's, that's exactly like... But I couldn't... So were you aggrieved that they were being paid or that they weren't being paid? Because no, it felt to me that you were aggrieved about both. So, so I'm, I'm okay if that's the way that it's going to be umpired the whole time. So if, if you've decided that, okay, if, if you duck... not Duck's the wrong word. If you lift an arm or shrug and that's a free kick, that's fine, as long as you pay them the right way all the time. It, my, I was aggrieved because everyone else was getting them, and all of a sudden, in the space of one week, one guy wasn't getting it because he's been in the news and he said, "Oh, I do this, and I've admitted to it, and honesty or whatever, or naivety from on his part." And then, in the space of one week, when we paid them for sixteen, they're not paying them. So I, I'm actually okay. I just wanted consistency with it. Now, and I'm also okay with them saying, no, hang on, we don't like the look of this, so we're going to tighten it. I would have thought that was a discussion for the end of the year, not now, not after 17 weeks when you've played a large chunk of footy yeah, and then that, you're changing it. That's definitely a worry. I mean, your point is, I mean, it is a, like they might not it's five be, weeks to go yeah, in the they, tightest season we've seen in yeah. ages, and you say it results in goals. It does. Yeah. Well, look, at goals will look, decide at games. look at yeah. Collingwood's results and how many close games they've won. Yeah. And they've, how many of them 
did Ginnivan kick a goal from that free kick? And now we're changing that. Now we're changing it this year. So, yeah, my, my, sorry if I didn't explain it well enough, Jerry, but my frustration is the, the fact that we change rules and interpretations so often, it's because we don't think about what we're doing at the start of the year. It's like the 50-metre protected zone. We don't think about it. We don't think how hard it is for the umpires to think he's a player 9.5 metres in the zone or is he trying to get out and, and you know, or, or did he shrug? Did he lift an arm? It's just impossible for umpires. So I get your point yeah. with so that. I don't envy the umpires this weekend, no. especially when two of them are looking at it. And if you're on a slightly different angle and one umpire sees the Jonas swinging arm high every day of the week and the other sees the lifting of the arm, I just... I think well, some this of is those where it comes are unsolvable. Into this and I was really surprised to see the three clips that were chosen. Yeah, I agree with that. Because yeah. I think two of them are wrong. Yeah. Straight up, there's one that's textbook. That's Ginevan. Maybe we should have just gone with six of those. Because they're there. Ginevan got, I don't know, did you do you did the Adelaide yeah. game? Yeah. He did one on the, he got hit, just a genuine high tackle on the wing, just in front of, later on in the game. And it was just a hand across his shoulder and he didn't get a free kick. Yeah. He didn't duck into that. So yep. that was my frustration as well. Legitimate free kicks aren't being paid because of his reputation. Our Coats Hire commentary team tonight. We're in the box. Coats, we're more than higher. We're equipped for anything. Our pre-game show is for Beaumont Tiles. Support small to medium builders. And uh, Adam Kingsley is going to join us here from the Tigers. Set up uh, a senior coach, assistant coach. Yes, yes, we're ready. Adam, welcome to AFL Nation. Thanks, guys. Um, have you done some work on close finishes at training this week? <laughs> yeah, we um, we have, to be fair. Um, we haven't been great at them um, the last couple of weeks, so we've put a little bit of work into it um, in, in both weeks, to be fair. Didn't quite come off as we uh, as we hoped last week, but, um, you know, the, I, guess, I guess the positive thing we look at, we, we're in every game we play, um, you know, throughout the course of the year, and... The, although the uh, results of the last two games haven't gone our way, we're, um, we're giving ourselves chances, and that's what we need to keep doing. Those finishes are a frenzy, and so you try to get a level of control where maybe control can never be had. But ha what was it like in the coach's box watching that unfold, knowing probably how over a few years you've been so good in those scenarios? Yeah, well, I think um, you know, it's clearly stressful for everyone. <laughs> you know, we're no different. We don't have that control, as you mentioned. Um, you, you're kind of relying on... The players to um, to execute their roles and, and make great decisions in those moments, and um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And um, you know, I think the stats will probably suggest you you, you run roughly 50-50 on those games across years. And at the moment, we're we're a bit below that, so we're hoping for our, our luck to change a little bit. Adam, do you hold any fear of playing at Marvel? Lost the last four here, and what do you got to do to beat Frio tonight? Yeah, um, well, it's a different ground of the MCG. Clearly, um, all enclosed bright lights. Um, I'm not sure if we hold any fear. Um, you know, we, we just haven't played particularly well here uh, the last few times. Um, Fremantle, they're obviously going really well. They're, they're a really strong defensive team. Uh, they like to control the ball um, when they have it and, and march the ball down and really strong forward line in terms of, uh, you know, deep entries and crumbing. So we're going to have our hand, hands full in that department. But, you know, we just obviously play that front half game that we we try and do each and every week if we can get uh, our entries ourselves, which we've been quite good at. Um, hopefully, be a little bit more accurate this week. Um, you know, hopefully we can uh, put ourselves in the game, and then you, you never know how it's going to go towards the end. 
Richmond killing Richmond Kingers. Just just explain <laughs> it to us a little bit. What does it what does it mean? Break it down. Oh, look, it's quite simply, it's us making some some really poor errors that aren't pressured, if that makes sense. So whether they're structural errors or whether they're skill errors, um, you know, essentially it, it, it's us beating ourselves, you know, if you want to call it that. And that's that's sort of how we classify it. I mean, there's, there's certainly plenty of times where the opposition beat Richmond. Don't, um, you know, don't don't um, get that wrong. But, uh, you know, we, we felt like last week we had enough entries to win. We had enough scoring shots. We, we just didn't um, didn't execute well enough. And, um, you know, and the result went um, went North Melbourne's way. What do you tell Shea Bolton before a game? I'm, I'm fascinated by the way he plays. It's, it's kind of unique. You centre bounce, forward, get a match-up that he likes. But does his damage front of centre. Is there a message or is he more of a, an instinct player who sort of runs his own show out there? Oh, look, he's very much an instinct player but plays within the boundaries of, of what we ask him to do. So he's clearly, his damage is front half. He's one of the most exciting players in the game, um, particularly inside forward 50. So that's where we ask him to play predominantly. But, you know, centre bounce, low number clearance, his explosive pace and, and ability to to get the ball, you know, is obviously really damaging in that phase as well. So we try and mix it up, you know, a lot like, like we've done with Dustin over the years. Um, you know, we, we, we feel like he's probably the the uh, heir apparent, if you want to call him that. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been working really well for us. You know, he's done that role for the last couple of years now. There's no real instruction to him other than he, here's your role or here are the two roles you're likely to play. Make sure you, um, you know, you do your best. Adam, it's an interesting coaching landscape amongst the comp right now. Just out of interest, are you willing to throw your hat in the ring? Oh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm certainly, um, you know, that's the ambition to, to be a senior coach. So, you know, that's um, that's where I'd like to be. And, um, you know, the process is, uh, uh, well, I, I presume, heating up. Um, and I'd certainly like to be a part of that. Do they give you, when you, when you do miss, do they give you any feedback? Yeah, the, yeah, there is. Um, Typically, um, you know, obviously the last couple uh, that I've been up, I've, I've missed out on, and some feedback on on those, um, which is always quite valuable. And um, you know, I've used the last twelve months to get to work and try and improve. Can you share any of what the feedback you received was? Uh, oh, I'd rather keep that to uh, to myself. Thank you. That's okay. okay. That's it. <laughs> well, you're well within your rights to do that. What about? There's some talk that North Melbourne, for example, isn't the job for an inexperienced coach. But you probably can't afford to be picky in a situation like yours. You're happy to coach anyone? Certainly am, yeah. That's, um, you know, North Melbourne, as I found out firsthand last week, have plenty of potential. And, um, you know, certainly every job, they're, they're really difficult to get these senior coaching jobs for any assistant. And there's, there's plenty of us out there who who have ambitions to become senior coaches. And, um, you know, they're obviously hard to get, only 18 in the league. And... Um, you know, whilst you've got to be careful around around what you do, it's um, you know you can sometimes be a little bit too picky. So, uh, you know, I think both jobs are available at the moment to, um, are quite uh, attractive. So, assistant coaches notorious for the amount of hours they put in. We all know that. How do you balance getting Richmond to the finals with the senior assistant role that you play, but also preparing perhaps to take on another club? Yeah. Is that difficult? Yeah, it is really difficult. Um, you know, you've got to. Um, you know, obviously do your job first and foremost and, um, you know, that's what I've been focusing on predominantly, but at the right time you try and find your little gaps in, in your schedules and, and, and try and devote a little bit of work to, to either improving yourself as a coach or, um, or uh, you know, preparing for a, an opportunity to present. So, you know, they're, they're um, you know, as I, as I got older, you know, kind of we've been in the game long enough to, to sort of have a really clear understanding around 
what we think the game should look like, how we coach it, how we teach it. Um, so it's not the presentation itself is um, is kind of more more around hours putting it together rather than the thoughts and, and trying to develop stuff. When you were playing, you hated getting beaten goal side, and when you're a coach, you took that to your coaching. Dylan Grimes got beaten badly goal side at a stoppage late in the game. How did he review his performance on, on Zuha? Unusual for him to get six kicked on him if six was the number that were actually kicked directly on him. Yeah, no, six wasn't the number, but um, but you're right, he did get beat goal side and he reviewed it pretty heavily. Um, you know, he's very, very self-critical, Dylan. Um, you know, he, he certainly uh, is one of the most professional players I've coached and he reviewed it strongly and there were some things we could have done better there, being a little bit more physical, maybe protect goal side. Perhaps you know a little bit more communication around our uh, around structure around the stoppage there would have helped uh, as well, help protect us a little bit. But to be fair, you know I, I went through Dylan's game and he had 19 uh, contests w where he uh, he either won or, or halved, had enormous impact, and you know that's a that's a really special game. Uh, unfortunately, he made an error late in the game that that perhaps <laughs> you know put North Melbourne back in front. That gets focused on perhaps a little too much. But um, but I'm really um, um, confident in Dylan. He's he's an elite defender, an all-Australian defender, and I think we'll see him bounce back really well tonight. Adam, what Sydney did last week in the second half to Fremantle, is that relevant for you guys coming in tonight, or is it too much uh, of a change? No, nah, it's a bit too much of a change for us. You know, we're not, we're not <laughs> going to take... Not even plan C or D? Uh, it could be down the track, but we're not really a team that thrives on taking uncontested marks and playing a keepings-off style, and to be fair, we I'm not sure we've got the same skill level as what Sydney do, so... Uh, playing that game style might not well, well doesn't work for us and hasn't in the past, so we'll try and play the way that we play and, and, and the, the way that we know and trust. Um, you know, certainly a close game last year against Fremantle um, over there, but, um, but you know we play our way and, and, and we have great faith in that. It's held us in good stead for a long time now, so we'll make the necessary adjustments as we see it. But uh, but we'll start by playing our way. Tell us a little about Noah Cumberland, who's made a good impact. Quickly, and also Tyler Sonsi has just played the one game. Yeah, well, Noah Cumberland, he's, uh, for a young player, he's just wonderful in contest. And I think if you look at the, the game's great players, they're the great contest players. Um, you know, the ball's kicked in their area, and they just seem to win it over and over again, and that's Noah, um, as, even as a young player. So great confidence. I think he's had seven shots at goal in his, his last two games, uh, both games. So... Um, you know, he's certainly getting the ball, winning the ball, getting shots on goal. A little bit more accuracy, as we've spoken about, might uh, might improve. Tyler Sonsi was certainly a very highly rated under-17 player. Dropped a little bit in the under-18 under year. Um, but he's a, a really intelligent, um, smart midfielder who, who's a beautiful um, kick. Uh, great contest player as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we were pretty happy with his game last week. And to be able to play alongside Dion Prestia, Trent Cochin, uh, Jaden Short through that midfield is going to be really important for his growth and um, you know looking looking for him to uh, to continue to improve tonight. And at the other end of the scale, Dusty Martin, is there a risk you don't see him again this season? Oh look, I don't think so. I mean, it was a minor aggravation uh, when was it Monday? I think or thereabouts. Um, so I think it's probably a couple of weeks, but it's really hard to tell. It just depends how he responds uh, over the next week or so. So hopefully we get him in a couple of weeks. I, I don't see it being a five-week hamstring, that's for sure. Adam, good to have you with us and good luck for tonight and everything that follows. Yeah, good, good luck. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Adam Kingsley, assistant coach at Richmond.
When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.